Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 2, Episode 4, titled Drag Movie Sequels. My name is Joe Batance, and I'm joined, as always, by two Rigor Morris co-hosts. <laughs> From the podcast, Pot is my co-pilot, who just celebrated their 400th episode. Please congratulate everyone, Taylor... The Latte Boy. Why, thank you. Thank you so much. Allow me to take a sip of water right now. <laughs> How does it feel to be 400? You didn't notice. I know I know what you were doing. You were doing a RuPaul thing. No. No, he was taking a oh. sip of water out of his pot as my co-pilot service tumbler, but I haven't been yes, introduced was... yet, so I can't say anything. <laughs> it was given to me as a gift oh, okay. by a listener. I love oh, it. really? Yes. Oh, wow. I, yeah. That poor listener. I know what it's like <laughs> to give you a cup. As a no, gift. you gave me a fervus, not a turvus. You gave me a fake turvus, yeah, which sounds sure like you did. gave me a social disease. But if, thank you very much. 400 episodes, it's crazy that we've done that many on my show. But but our, I'm particularly proud of this episode. We were particularly silly and filthy on this one. And that's always fun for me. And from the podcast Dubious Intent and Finding Prince Charming Recap, please give a tie to Daniel J. Brewer. Ugh, wait, would it be my tie or your tie? Oh, wait, that's a different podcast, isn't it? Oh, what <laughs> podcast are we on? If it's Tuesday, it must be RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. That's right. Is that, that what they do on that show? They give them ties? Oh, it's so oh, bad. Tell, you know, I, I advise you, Taylor, to go to charmingrecap.com and check out the uh, episodes where we go on and on at length about the goddamn ties. But hi, Joe okay. Batanz. How are you this evening? Hi, Daniel Brewer. How are you? I'm doing very well. Very well. Thank you very much. I would also uh, like to congratulate Taylor the Latte Boy on 400 episodes of Pod as my co-pilot. Uh, I, thank you. Something happened with my phone call. I don't know what it was. Uh, I'm sure. You didn't make it? <laughs> it'll, it'll show up around 404, which is a web joke. <laughs> it's a web developer joke. Oh, oh I see what you did. Found, yeah. See what you did there. Yeah. Wow. A minute in, we're making nerdy computer <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah, do you hear, you know, Daniel works in, in tech. Do you hear a lot of nerdy computer jokes all day? No, not all day. Uh, because I primarily watch Netflix and, uh, YouTube all day long. So not a lot of nerdy jokes on there. Do you uh, tell yourself nerdy jokes to amuse yourself? I do, yeah. A string and a bully and walked into the bar. <laughs> I, mean, I, I got nothing. I, I got nothing. I don't know. The string says it's a great day and the boolean said true. I don't know. There's no, I'm winging it the here. What the fuck was that? What does that mean? There's somewhere out there as a programmer that's chuckling mildly because it wasn't that good of a joke. <laughs> that's being awfully generous that they're <laughs> chuckling mildly. <laughs> How many joints did you smoke today? Uh, I do not smoke joints, Joe Batanz, because this is not 1970. But um, I, I did have a bowl that I vaped in my uh, vaporizer. That shows what I know because I would totally smoke a joint. <laughs> I, I literally have two joints in the kitchen. I'm just saying, I don't... Two, uh, two of them jazz cigarettes. <laughs> two, two of them wacky tobaccos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I would love to smoke marijuana at least once. Here's the thing, you know life? what? I, the reason in I life, vape it instead of... It. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. You, that's the reason you vape it instead. Sorry. No, because I don't like the taste. I don't like the taste of burning marijuana. It's, it's a very pungent taste, and it's like the vaporized version of it is a much milder taste, which I can deal with. So that's really all. Burning marijuana was my drag name in college. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for burning marijuana. Taylor, hey, what do you have to say before I get into this? I just I know that if I did it now, before it became legal in the state, which whenever that'll happen, that the next day I would trip at work over nothing, and then they would send me to the place where they make you pee in a cup to make sure that you know you can't. <laughs> like I'm guaranteed that would happen. Like I would manage to go whoa and like fall down a ladder onto a moving car that I rear-ended and then 
like cut my hand open on, you know, a nail gun and all this kind of ridiculous stuff because that's just the way my luck is. I've also been told that it accentuates any sort of anxiety or paranoia that you have. And I'm a very, why would you say that? (laughs) I'm a very anxious, paranoid person just in life. So I would, they'd probably have to claw me off the walls. This week, the girls fretted about the elimination (laughs) agreement, performed in Paris for a movie parody challenge, and walked the runway in their best two-in-one looks. Alaska and Fifi were awarded the top two spots, while Katya, Alyssa, and Roxy were relegated to the bottom. Alaska won the lip-sync challenge, and Alyssa was sent home packing. But wait. After the girls returned to the workroom, the reflections of the eliminated queens appeared in the mirror, ready for their revenge. Ladies, tell me three things you liked and one thing you didn't about this episode. Daniel Brewer, we'll go with you first. Uh, things that I liked. I liked, uh, Alyssa's camera dress. I thought that was so ridiculously over the top. That's the only time in drag race history that I've ever stood up and like laughed out loud about something. Um, like where were you at home and you stood up? No, I was at the bar. Oh, okay. Uh, but it, I mean, it, the bar went crazy when that, when the, when the camera started getting, yeah, when she, uh, anyway, uh, that's one of the things I liked. The other thing I liked was Katya's, uh, pentagram reveal. Uh, and the third thing that I liked was the, um, uh, uh, the, 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 the play, the, what was the, the Shelma, Velma and Wheezy. Uh, oh, Velma and Wheezy. Play. Okay. Those are the three things I liked. The one thing I didn't like about this episode was, uh, uh, Fifi O'Hara. Taylor the Latte Boy? Uh, I would say my three things would be Alaska as Betty Davis and Alaska as Little Pound Cake and also the mirror moment at the end. I think that was something that, that we, we, and I talked about this on my episode. It could have been done slightly different, but I enjoyed that moment watching that moment. Um, the one thing that I didn't like wasn't necessarily the episode, but a lot of the drama between the contestants that's followed is not, I know some people live for that and that's something that I kind of, felt was sort of uh somebody just pointed at themselves uh that uh i found found to be kind of ugly and not it 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 went dark for me for some reason so and i just i just didn't care for it um you know what's so funny is i wrote this i prepped nothing so i'm gonna steal some of yours i and, and daniels and whatnot i really loved alaska as betty davis um i was actually very amused by Alyssa as joan crawford by how kooky it was <laughs> And, uh, that, um, that, that mirror moment, my mouth dropped. I was at a friend's house watching it and she, she'd seen it before, but she hadn't watched this season. And so she was ready to turn it off after Alyssa was, you know, giving her speech. And then when they walked in the room, I was like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. What is, this isn't happen. This is the beginning of the next episode usually. <clears throat> and, um, and then when I saw it, oh my God, I like stood up and I, my mouth was open. I peed myself. A lot of things happened. That, that that moment just gave me life. Life. I'm telling you. Life. So, Daniel, you were in a bar when that moment happened. Did everybody go nuts or? Yes. Yeah, yes. Question. The mirror. Yes. The mirror moments. People were, were going crazy about it. And that was, that was another thing where they were, they had switched the sound off. Because the people that, you know, run the video thought the same thing that Joe's friend thought, right? That the show was over and it was, and so mm-hmm. they shut the sound off, but the video was gone. People were like, no, no, turn up my nose. And then like that. And then, of course, so you didn't hear all the queens reacting to it, but everyone was freaking out about the fact that it's like, oh, oh, oh we got, wait, turn it back on, turn it back on. You know, it's just like, uh, turn it back up. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. So that was, it was the talk of the bar. There you go. 
Back in the workroom, the girls reconvene after Ginger's elimination, where Detox reveals she would have sent Katya home. There are no hard feelings between the two, but the discussion returns back to an understood agreement. Alyssa defends her decision, while Fifi O'Hara points out her problem with Alyssa's decision. Of course, the discussion ends with yet another one of Alyssa Edwards' malapropisms. Y'all send me home, it was rigged. <laughs> Riga Morris, girl! It was Riga Morris, girl! More, who's Morris? Riga Mortis! <laughs> the next day, RuPaul enters the workroom and delivers that day's Maxi Challenge. For this week's Maxi Challenge, you'll be starring in drag sequels. Parodies inspired by some of my favorite movies. Now, I've greenlit the following films. First up, Show Squirrels. Starring Vivi O'Hara and Roxy Andrews. <laughs> Next, Velma and Wheezy. Starring Katya and Detox. <laughs> Last but not least, what happened to baby JJ? Starring Alaska and Alyssa Edwards. As Fifi and Roxy rehearse their scene, Fifi has a change of heart. We chose to make me Mama Versace, and Fifi's gonna be Lil Versace. What if we switched it? And like you were the big pageant girl. It's all about taking chances and doing something. Switching the roles is a brilliant idea. I'm telling you, I just think that would be so much funnier. And then you- You're scaring me. I just get scared of those things, but I know that you're good at what you do. I really think we should. Okay. I know it's a risk, but uh, I'm going to take it. And Roxy has no choice but to follow. On set with Michelle and Todrick, Roxy Andrews struggled with a line read. We take the crown, we wear the shawl. Cut. Um, what's a shawl? Leader of Iran. Roxy. Huh? We take the crown. We wear the shawl. We take the crown. We wear the shawl. The sash. How do you spell it? The sash. S A S H. Yeah. Shawl. Sash. Sash. Oh God, this isn't another sequence moment, is it? I'm afraid so, honey. Meanwhile, Alyssa Edwards was once again playing Joan Crawford. This time, she was recreating Crawford's iconic role in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. During her scene, Alyssa also found it difficult to deliver a line. Camp Town ladies, sing this song. Do-a, do-a. Cut. It's do-da. 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 Correct. You just have to say do-da, do-da. Here we go. Taylor the Latte Boy, what do you think of the of the little line flums that we've had? What do you think? Actually, also, well, no, you know what? Why don't we talk about that? What do you think about the clips we just played? What do you think about the line flubs? Then we'll walk through the actual final versions of each drag uh, movie parody. This is one of the things that I don't like about uh, the acting challenges because they, they tend to focus on all the places where they screwed up. And it seems as though it's very rare with, with a few exceptions that they ever have to work with those. It, they make it look like, you know, even the one point where somebody screwed up and they went, okay, that's a wrap where it clearly wasn't because they showed that the scene went well when they showed the final film. 
So that's, to me, this is sort of a, okay, we get it. They're screwing up their lines, move on, show something that's really good. I, I wasn't necessarily, I don't like that part of these acting challenges. Can I ask you a question? Cause I was actually thinking about you when I was watching this and I don't know if this is anywhere in your field of expertise. And actually, I think I know for a fact that it isn't, but what, what, but what do you think about, could there be a chance that Roxy seeing Shaw, which isn't a shawl a thing? What, first of all, one, yeah. two, but when she sees Shaw, could it be some sort of dyslexia? Are we making fun of a, of a dyslexic person here? That is a possibility. I, I don't know that that's, that's what it is, but I mean, that is, that is a, that is a real possibility. D- D- Daniel has something to say. He's. Oh, no, I was just gonna, she said in an interview before, uh, she, is English is her second language, so she often gets confused off of tricky words like really? that. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, she speaks English very well. She does. So, but occasionally there's gonna be, there's gonna be moments where we screw up. Lord, I screw up every episode. I say things that don't make any sense, so. Ugh, I know, did you hear the solo? Sh- I mean, what? Your solo sounds great, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> I have the text message from you saying that the show went well, so that's what I choose to believe. <laughs> Daniel, what were your thoughts on the clips that we played? Uh, yeah, I think it's not only do I agree with what Taylor was just saying, but I'd also like to add to that is that it's clear by the little bits that we see with the directors there that these skits are much longer than what we actually end up getting to see, which I and I am, I, I need to qualify this by saying that I am in no way, shape or form defending the writing of these god awful skits because they are really god awful even with the additional lines added back in, but it does give them somewhat of a play is to make in a final version, someone's performance look worse or better than, than it might have actually been. Does that make any sense? It's like from a story editing standpoint, uh, anyway, but you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the acting challenges either. And yeah, it's stupid to, you know, concentrate on these things. It's like, what you mean? If you give someone five pages of, of script dialogue and give them 30 minutes to learn it by heart they might screw up occasionally yeah that's that's just gonna happen right well what's funny is when you go to the taping of the finales uh rupaul has like cue cards about four feet from her she's <laughs> constantly messing up constantly they're constantly having to redo i mean do retakes when she's taping that's probably why they don't don't go live honestly is she, she has a lot of trouble reading from the cue cards and i think she's talked about this so the fact that they get on these people for not being able to remember things and messing up when they remember is sort of funny. Um, also, I wanted to point out, um, well, let's actually talk, let's actually go through each drag movie parody uh, one by one, the final product. So let's start with Velma and Wheezy. That's the Thelma and Louise uh, send up with Katya and Detox. Taylor, yeah. what were your thoughts on the final version there? That was probably my least favorite of the three. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I... I love Detox. I love Katya, but there was just something about it that just, that was the one that I feel as though was closest to the rehearsal scenes where it just seemed very sloppy in the way that it was performed and the edit that they used. It seemed very choppy to me and it, it just wasn't, it just wasn't my favorite. That was the only movie that I'd seen of the three. And I, you've never seen Showgirls? No. You've never seen Whatever Happened to Baby? Oh, it's in black and white. No. <laughs> I've never seen either of the other two movies. But the, the, the thing, I really like the, the Thelma and Louise one though. But that's, that could just be because it was just, they were both doing Southern accents. Neither of them are Southern. Um, and it's like the Brad Pitt guy was as equally of bad of an actor as Brad Pitt actually is. So it was just kind of like, you know, I don't know. It, it, I like that one, but that's just me. Okay, uh, I, I'm kind of with Taylor. I, I, first of all, I, I liked n- none of them. 
honestly. Oh, but yeah. I'm, Can I go back to my previous qualification where I say I am in no way, shape, or form defending these really shitty, badly written scripts? Oh, my God. I would not be horrible. surprised if on a future episode of Finding Prince Charming, one of the challenges was to write him a movie sequel, and that was the, those shitty contestants over there tainted their shit onto this show and now they brought him over here to to do it oh my god the scripts are awful they're like not even like because sometimes you can do like those like campy they're sort of sending up camp the campiness of it no no, not even funny that way this just plain awful uh i'm with taylor i think uh, i think the velma and wheezy was my least favorite of the three i'll be honest with you uh let's move on now to wait can we can can we talk about the guest star that showed up in those skits that they never once referenced Big, Big Frida. Frida. <laughs> it's like there was no mention of that on the the show whatsoever. Like with special guest star Big Frida is just like uh like no. If you didn't know who she was, you you were lost there. It was just like what? Who's that? I don't know who she is. I just know she was the guest star. She's a rapper. She's a she's a drag transgender. I I'm not really sure, but she does she does rap. She raps on a couple of songs with RuPaul. On a, a couple of, of RuPaul's tracks. Now, where did you see it written as she was the guest star, Joe? I mean, where, where did you see it? Oh, okay. But I was, it wasn't on the show anywhere. It's like, no, that I didn't know. I had to ask at the bar who it was. I yeah, had it, no it, idea. Her name is in the credits at the end where it does say special, special guest. Cause we all that. read the credits. <laughs> no. And the only reason, and the only reason I noticed is because when I was looking tonight, when I was kind of scrubbing through at the end, uh, I stopped on after the, they did the, uh, Big okay. mirror moment reveal and her name came up and I think pork chops name came up too, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Oh yeah. We didn't talk about the pork chop. Yeah. Those skits were so horrible though. Okay. What about, what were your thoughts on show squirrel? That's the one with, um, Roxy Andrews and Fifi O'Hara. Daniel, we'll start with you. Um, I didn't see the original. I don't think that matters. Uh, I liked, I liked Fifi's performance. I thought at, there were numerous times while she was doing her bit there that I forgot that was Fifi. It was just like going, wait, who is it? That she had a, a unique accent, a unique voice other than the Fifi voice. She had a different look. It's like, so I really thought that Fifi did a really good job of being another character. Now, whether she was true to whatever parody character, parody character they were going for, I don't know. But, uh, I just, I didn't laugh at that one at all, but maybe I just didn't get the jokes because I didn't see the movie. But then again, I did see Thelma and Lose, and I didn't laugh at any of those jokes. So it was probably just a really shitty script. But. Taylor, what were your thoughts? I thought that Fifi did a great job, I, not necessarily being um, with Elizabeth Berkeley, but there were times that she looked like Elizabeth Berkeley, like a, like a hard look at, not that Elizabeth Berkeley is, you know, not hard looking, but, and I thought that Roxy was horrible in it. <laughs> I think that Fifi was smart, whether she was conniving or whatever, to switch roles because visually it makes more sense. It makes more comedic sense to have Roxy be this big, you know, baby Huey looking (laughs) pageant girl versus, you know, little tiny Fifi. But I thought that if that had been reversed, it still would have been bad. I thought that Roxy just, I I tried to imagine Roxy in the mama versus role. And I don't think it would have worked either. You know, Katya mentioned on her total recall this week that she, the reason that she liked the, the Velma and Wheezy script out of all of them is because they were the, it was the only script that had two matched characters. And the other two skits, there was clearly one standout role and one you know supporting role, whereas the Velma and Wheezy one was was the two matched ones. So that makes sense. Um, my thoughts on that one were, and I think to answer Daniel's question, I really feel that whatever ha- ha- what had happened to Baby JJ was the only one that really kind of stuck true 
sort of to the original sort of storyline. I mean, I guess Velma and Weezy brought the Brad Pitt character back, but he made him zombies. And then the show squirrels bear almost no resemblance to the original showgirls, apart from the names. Yeah. Um, but as far as show squirrels went, like, Fifi was fine. Um, I think, I mean, I have my own thoughts on this. Maybe we can transition. We'll come back to Fifi on my thoughts on that in, in a bit. But I thought she was fine. And uh, I agree, Roxy was horrible and awful. So let's actually, let's jump over to what, what ha- happened to baby JJ. Uh, Taylor, what were your thoughts on that one? It, that to me cemented that Alaska is probably going to win this entire thing. I, I, we, from the second, even when she was practicing and she said it, Babalu and I were laughing. So when she actually yeah. came out in the whole costume with the white, with the pasty face and the ringlets and the whole, 30 seconds with the little scooter backing up and everything. You couldn't not laugh. It was, it was just funny to watch and she was scary and funny and authentic. And we just thought it was great. And that being said, we're not big Alyssa Edwards fans in this house, you know? So we thought, eh, you know, Mm -hmm. she deserved to be in the bottom three for that performance. I agree. She should have been in the bottom three. Daniel, what do you think of that performance of what happened to me? Now for someone who hasn't seen it, what did it mean to you? Did it mean anything? Not really. I mean, I contextually, I could figure out that they were sisters, right? Um, from just the, the stage directions that they were given, like, you know, Michelle was saying, you're not scared of your sister, blah, blah, blah. Um, that <clears throat> they were in some kind of nursing home, but, and, and I'm, I mean, even not having seen the movie, I know that there's the, the phrase, but you are, Blanche, you are, right? I'm a gay man. I've heard that in a bar before, right? Doesn't, just because I haven't seen the movie doesn't mean I don't know that that is a line. Uh, so, you know, the whole, you are bland, you are, which was, you know, the second groaner pun next to you don't know me, but the, um, yeah, I, I mean, it was cute, I guess, but it was, it was, wasn't funny. I mean, I think pork chop, the pork chop reveal got a bigger reaction in the bar than most of the other stuff in that skit. Once again, I'm with Taylor. Like the, the, uh, the, uh, Alaska as Betty Davis was so funny. Like I, I mentioned this on a previous other show. Uh, one-on-one with Larry Flick that I was on with Daniel Brewer. I was lucky enough to be on with Daniel Brewer last Friday on Sirius XM Radio. But uh, I mentioned that um, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was, was going to apologize to all Sirius XM subscribers if you happen to listen to that show for me stinking up that joint. But you know, go Oh, ahead. God, Daniel, you were fine. Don't yeah. say that. So uh, what I was going to say was that, uh, um, oh, that Jinx Monsoon does an incredible Betty Davis. And if you have a chance, go on YouTube and find Jinx Monsoon doing Betty Davis during a, a Battle of the Seasons um, snatch game, but Alaska's was pretty good and very funny and very true to that role. I should have pulled the clip probably of, uh, whatever happened to baby Jane. Did she, she got the affectation just right of Betty Davis. And it was, I, I thought she did a, sw- the writing was terrible, but she did a, a great job. Yeah. Um, anyone have any, I, I'm going to move on to something else. It's not in the script, but it's, it's related. I, anyone have any thoughts, uh, final thoughts on the final movie parody scenes or about any of the clips or anything? Taylor? No, I, th- I think that. We, we kind of explored them pretty well. Daniel? Nope. Um, in a future episode, on my next solo show, I do want to explore, I have a lot to say about the whole Fifi O'Hara villain drama. And so in a nutshell, my, my, my comment is this, which is, I do feel, and this doesn't have nothing to do with Fifi's character as a drag queen or as a person, but I do feel Fifi O'Hara has gotten a very raw deal on the edit. Okay. I think they've totally fucked her over with the edit and made her a villain. Whether now I, I have a lot of complex thoughts that I'll share in an extended piece on my Fifi O'Hara thoughts, but I do think she got a raw deal. I think where Fifi has gone wrong though is 
and sort of, I think one, she gave them a lot of material to work with, but two, made it easy for them. But two, a lot of it has come from her reaction to the show. She would have just shut her fucking mouth. But I want to show you an example of what I'm talking about. And so, Daniel, can you actually, because now we're going to listen with different ears. And what I want everyone to do is I want you to listen to the music. But could you replay clip number three? We chose to make me Mama Versace and Fifi's going to be Lil Versace. What if we switched it? Listen to this music. And like you were the big pageant girl. It's all about taking chances and doing something. Switching the roles is a brilliant idea. I'm telling you, I just think that would be so much funnier. And then you scaring me. I just get scared of those things, but I know that you're good at what you do. I really think we should. Okay. I know it's a risk, but uh, I'm going to take it. And Roxy has no choice but to follow. So listen to that music. Listen to what she said. Listen to that music. Okay, now Daniel, in that in in the folder is an unnumbered one that says Alaska Hero Edit. For me, there's no question I have to listen play to music. Baby JJ. <laughs> She's old and crazy and evil. Where do you think you're going, you miserable bitch? No! There's really no choice. Sorry, Alyssa. I work alone. Uh, I mean, it, you could have easily, with the right music, and if Fifi had said it, given the same thing, like, I'm going to have this role, whether this person likes it or not. But they put the silly, fun music and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, I mean, yeah, I, we've all agreed, right, that they're they're basically giving Fifi the... You know, she's being definitely portrayed in the, in the villain role. Regardless of what actually happened or didn't happen in real life, she is, from a story editing standpoint, she's this season's villain, right? That's, yeah, we've, we, we've been saying that for weeks. One of the things Fifi talked about, and, and uh, I'll readdress this. You know, I'll, I'll I'll just give you a teaser. I'm gonna tickle your ball with a feather here. But uh, but Fifi's comments with, uh, "Oh, you guys don't do that." What's the not key with key? you? <laughs> oh, you will when you come out to Los Angeles. Promise. My, my wedding present to you. God. I'm gonna make Babalu watch as I tickle your balls with a feather. Isn't it tickle your ass with a feather? I'd rather I, have my balls tickled with a feather. What would you, what would you like tickled with a feather, Taylor? Uh, I, I, uh, I think the in-between area, maybe oh, that the might taint? be a, the taint area. I think that may be a little bit more pleasing with a feather. Cause the balls, I'm not a big balls guy. Like my balls aren't super sensitive. Yeah. But, uh, oh, you know, now I'm thinking about my butt and I, I don't know. Hi to all of our 14 year old listeners, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say hide them or hi to them? Hide, hide them, hide the show from them. They don't need to be hearing about. Daniel, what would you want tickled with a feather? All of it, all of it, Joe Batanz, all of it. No, I want to ask you a question because Taylor doesn't like balls. Do you? What are your thoughts on big balls and balls in general? Uh, I'm a fan of all different size balls, Joe Batanz, basketballs, golf balls, ping pong balls. Daniel, I was talking about testicles. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I said I'm not a fan of my balls. I didn't say I'm not a fan of balls. Uh huh. I'm gonna tell you when I'm watching a porn and you see like was, the wasn't balls. there wait wasn't there a question here or something about no this is more interesting this is more interesting go to this keep going to this keep going we're good we're good we're good Joe, keep like, going I like seeing that because there's this one porn star I can't remember his name but uh, he has, Joey Boo Hacker <laughs> uh, Robert Sepulveda who he has these low hanging balls that swing back and forth and I actually like watching his porn only because of that I'm not even a big fan of his uh, I can't remember his name he, he's bald I think maybe kind of Middle Eastern looking the big fatty. It's big fatty, that's right. That's and so, um, yeah, like, I'm a big fan of the low-hanging balls. Anyway, what I was going to say, what, to return to what I was going to say, is I want to come back to, when we go, when we get to the end, uh, Fifi's speech and the whole drama behind that as well. But let's actually move on. And, Daniel, I think we're going to talk about the runway looks, which I think is your little thing. 
It is not my little thing, but uh, I will I will happily, happily go ahead and do this. Uh, if you gentlemen will open up the uh, documents in your folder, they are called Runway Looks. Let's take a look at this week's Runway Looks. Remember, we're just going to give it a short toot or boot. This weekend's assignment was to make a two-in-one look, two distinct looks uh, from the same outfit via uh, a la what, Violet Chachki. Taylor Latte Boy, Fifi O'Hara. Uh, boot. I hate the color yellow. Joe Patance. God, I mean, really, if you could have it in the middle of a toot or boot, I would be there. Um, but toot. you know what? I'm going to give it a toot just because I'm going to err on the side of I'm in the middle. Uh, I was kind of where you were. I was being a little road on it, and then I found out online that she based it off of Belle. That was Belle's ball gown and Belle's little blue dress. And I was like, okay, she made it herself. I give it a toot. Uh, I appreciate that a little bit more now, but I still don't like the color yellow, so... Uh, Roxy Andrews, Joe Batanz. I mean, I'm sorry. Toot, 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 toot. I fucking loved every bit of this outfit. Uh, Taylor Latte Boy. Toot, 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 toot. She looked so fucking hot in this. I, it moved a little. She, she looked awesome. Who knows how to do a reveal on this show? Her, 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 her. Yes, I toot on her, this one. Her, she, me. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. Uh, Katya, Taylor Latte Boy. Um... Toot only because of the pentagram and the teeth that saved it. Otherwise, it would have been a really, it would have been a boot. Joe Batanz. I think it's a boot. I, I think the, the material looks cheap. I think the dress looks cheap. And I hated the pentagram and black teeth thing that was going on. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. I didn't like it. Uh, yeah, I was disappointed in this look until she did the hair pull back for the pentagram and the teeth and the bar went crazy and it was that. And you couldn't help but love it because it's Katya. But she even admits in her total recall that they're, they're asked to bring a lot of different looks and they don't always know which ones are going to make the show. And this is the one that she put the least amount of work into because she was thinking it wouldn't actually really be a challenge. Uh, anyway, I give it a toot because I love Katya. Uh, detox, show chance. I like this outfit a lot, actually. I know it didn't get a lot of love by the judges or uh, the fans, but I, I, it was basically three-in-one looks, right? She does take the skirt off, yes. Yeah, I was a big fan of it. I liked it. I thought her ass, her fake ass, whether it, you know, it was looked great. I gave it a, a big toot. Taylor Latte Boy. Boot. I was, I was bored. However, her slapping her ass, the noise her ass made, I'd give that a toot. Uh, I also give it a boot. I didn't think that they were different enough looks. I think they were basically the same look. Uh, just kind of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm holding my dress over my head. I don't know. Uh, Alyssa Edwards, Taylor Latte Boy. <sighs> um, I'm torn. I'm very torn on this one. I, 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 I want it to be a batute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will give it a toot only because of the cameras all flashing. That's, that's the, that is the only thing that saved it. So I will give it a toot, but okay. I, it was, it was sloppy. It was a slot. It was a sloppy look. To answer your question that you asked in your solo show, yes, the the flashing of the camera. I mean, the the flashing noise was mm-hmm. it was in post. Anyway, uh, Joe Batanz. I'm with Taylor here. I'm because on these last two looks, and we're starting with Alyssa. They're not really two in ones, much they are reveals. Yeah, you know. And so the first look is weak, and it's not because it's just there just to like reveal a really awesome look. I'm going to go with a two, but it's a very weak two. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. The the ultimate reveal on both her and the one next was great, but the starting look was so weak. Of the two, I thought this was the stronger of the two, so I will give her a reluctant toot. 
Uh, Alaska, Joe Batanz. It's the same thing here. It's the first look is just like essentially just like a, like a, a tarp covering <laughs> somebody because it's, it's revealing. <laughs> I mean, it's an amazing uh, sight gag, and and yes, we're so happy to see Lil Pound Cake, but I think it's going to be also another reluctant, very reluctant to. Tater Latte Boy. I'm going to say toot only because as much as it was lackluster the first part, coming out as Little Pancake and looking so much like Little Pancake completely made up for it. I wasn't that big of a Little Pancake fan, so I'm going to give it a boot because it's just like, oh, yeah, you're a throwback to a character that you made in your season that was, you know, you had a cute line from it. But uh, anyway, uh, so I give it a boot. Uh, There you go. Uh, Those, ladies and gentlemen, are the runway looks for this week. Back on the main stage, Roxy Andrews received her feedback from the judges. Up next, Roxy Andrews. You're Gorgina. You are. Like, I don't even want to look at you. You're so pretty. <laughs> the outfit. I want to borrow that. It's so creative, so beautiful. The bad part for you was Fifi was so strong that it was hard to keep up. With you, I think you had to work harder, and it was a bit more forced. Fifi was just stealing the scenes, whereas your character should have been the character that stole mm-hmm. the scene. And unfortunately, it kind of got lost a little bit. RuPaul placed Roxy Andrews in the bottom three, and it was during the workroom deliberations that Roxy pleaded her case. It's a conflicting moment, so can you plead your case? Yes. I know I wasn't as well as Fifi in my challenge. Acting's not my thing, but I feel like I did well in this challenge. I know I've been in the bottom twice, and so has Katya. Um, I don't feel like this is a challenge I should go home for. It's going to be a really difficult decision. I just want you to know that send me home or not, I love you. I feel like I should still stay here because I wasn't the worst, so why send me home now? Daniel J. Brewer, you have some strong thoughts, I'm sure, about Roxy Andrews and her placement in the bottom three. What are they? But you were the worst, Roxy. You were the worst. Um, I, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, she... Her runway look was strong, but her acting challenge was was really, really bad. Um, and she was a fool to let uh, Fifi steal the the better of the two roles from her. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I, she she deserved it. She deserved it. Okay, Taylor the Latte Boy, what were your thoughts? Can you imagine Nicole Scherzinger in that outfit with her big fake boobs? I can't even look at you. You're so pretty. <laughs> I can't imagine Nicole Scherzinger. <laughs> she was the one that was the judge. No, I know. <laughs> But like, I, th- she, I think Nicole Scherzinger is very pretty. I do think she, I, I could look at her. I wouldn't have to look away, but I just, her, the, the, she came walking at her when she was sitting at the panel. It was like, wow, the three of them are really pretty because big fake boobs. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if Roxy went home for this one only because of the acting challenge. I think that really when she, she said, you know, Kachi and I have both been in the bottom twice. I, I don't know. I, I, I was really disappointed with how Roxy did with this. And I think you're right, I, I, Daniel. I think Daniel is right that Fifi let her steal the opportunity. But I also think that even if it had been the other way around, she still wouldn't have done well with it. Yeah, I agree with Taylor. Oh, I, really I, yeah, I, I didn't think she would do well with it. But it was just, again, it was just like, wait, you had the, the juicy role. You should have kept it. Moving on, after the runway, Katya listened to the judges' feedback. Up next, Katya! Let's talk about the runway. I didn't think the two looks were wildly different, but I like the humor behind it. 
Thank you. Your conversion told a story, and I like that. In your movie, I think that you were in your head a little bit in the beginning. Uh huh. But as soon as Michelle and I talked to you, you delivered the scene with you and Detox is my favorite of the three. Later on, Katya sat down with Alaska and made her case to stay on the show. Thank you for coming to my office. Do you want me to plead my case really quick? Yes, I do. All right. So I stumbled a little bit getting warmed up in the challenge, but then nailed it. On the runway, I agree the transformation wasn't as dramatic as it could have been, but I think the overall look was different and good and fun. Okay. Thanks, Mom. Uh, thank you, honey. Taylor the Latte Boy, what were your thoughts on Katya being placed in the bottom three? This is the third time that Katya's been in the bottom three, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired of seeing her there. And maybe as much as I love her, maybe it's time for her to go. Oh, God. You're going to just get the wrath. Yes. <laughs> Daniel J. Brewer, what are your thoughts on Katya being in the bottom three? I don't think she should have been in the bottom three. I don't understand why they went from a bottom two last week to, you know, with the numbers shrinking, that they now went back up to a bottom three this week. Um, I didn't, you know, whether or not you like the, the Wheezy and, uh, the Velma and Wheezy skit or not, I would challenge you to tell me, you know, that Katya or Detox did better or worse than each other. I thought they were both kind of evenly paired in that skit. So if you really hated that skit, well, they both kind of did equally bad. If you really love that skit, they both did equally well in my mind. I don't think like Detox, Detox like completely outshined her in that skit in the same way that Fifi outshined Roxy or, uh, Alaska outshone Alyssa. I don't, I just, it didn't make any sense to me why Katya was in the bottom three. I don't think it made a lot of sense to Katya why she was in the bottom three, which is why she was the first to run over to, you know, here, I'll do my, you know, I'll do my one-on-one with you, uh, you know, whatever. Could it have been that because there was three skits, they picked up bottom one from each skit? That's exactly That's, what they did. Yeah, okay. probably it was. But my point is, is that I really like, I don't think from what we were shown, both in the skit and in the, uh, and in the critiques, Detox didn't get substantially worse or better critiques than Katya did about that skit. So it was just like, why, why is Detox? It was, it seems like it was a very fine line between, say, if there was a obvious, like, uh, you know, not in the bottom two, that would have been the, the selection to me. I think she should have been there. I think Detox, well, I, we said this in the runway looks. I'm, I disagree with my two colleagues here, and I think Detox had a much stronger, Oh, runway look than Katya. Yeah, we completely disagree on that because Detox yeah, basically had the same look with three different poses. Clearly, the judges agreed with me. <laughs> Moving on, last <laughs> but not least, Alyssa Edwards listened to her evaluations from the judges. All right, Alyssa Edwards. You needed a lot of work. I think the biggest problem for me was your enunciation because nobody understood that you were saying nurse. <laughs> All we heard was no. Nah. I don't care about your diction. <laughs> All you have to do is like make weird big googly eyes and do funny things with your mouth and then mumble. <laughs> I think your fans got their money's worth. I think it was okay. As far as the runway look, I don't feel like it was a great reveal, but it didn't even matter. The cameras everywhere was just so wacky. Mm-hmm. But I, can I add something to that? Little things in this situation have to matter. I don't care. I love this look. It's funny and it's smart, and I like to see stuff like that come down the runway. But we shouldn't give you passes because we've all been guilty of going, that don't, she's so funny, that don't even matter. Nobody does. Back in the workroom, Alyssa tried her best to win over Alaska. <sighs> um, as my partner, I don't want you to feel like I let you down. I really did try. I took their notes and I was full out every time. Just, I fell short. 
If not you, then who? I definitely think it's one of them two. They've been in the bottom. But I don't want to pick one of them. I just want to talk about me. I was great in the talent show. I came prepared for the snatch game. I showed up in, you know, the dance challenge. And I just fell short today. That's like if you're in the bottom tomorrow. And your development, I couldn't judge you like that. So I hope that um, Alaska you take into consideration all, all of the accounts. I will. And I have a lot to think about. I understand. Thank you. Daniel, what were your thoughts here on the placement of Alyssa Edwards for the first time this season in the bottom three? So many thoughts here. So, so many thoughts. Uh, a, Alaska saying, I will totally take that into consideration. Bullshit. No, you won't. You've uh, already made up your mind just like everybody else. Uh, it's like, I, I understand what she's saying and I would like to defend her to the standpoint of that is the opposite of throwing people under the bus. That is the perfect way to handle that situation. Uh, when you're on a game show up against your friends for elimination, it's like, well, who do you think should go was the question. And her answer was, well, you know, I don't know, one of those two. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to give you any ideas of who you should go. I'm just going to plead my own case. I want to own my own shit and plead my own case. And for that, I give her a lot of respect. Um, I think Michelle Visage's critique of her on the runway was the most unfair hypocritical thing that I've ever heard is just kind of like, Basically, Alaska and Alyssa had the exact same, you know, weak first look, different second look. And Michelle was going ape shit over, uh, you know, Carson, like not liking, you know, giving her a pass or whatever. Whereas just like she was so totally willing to give Alaska a pass on that. It's like, uh, whether, you know, whoever you like or hate, it was like they basically had very weak first looks that were basically a reveal. You said it yourself earlier in the, in the show. Um, but yeah, and also Michelle, when little things matter, yeah, like you know when your video series comes out, and maybe the sound should work. I don't know, little things should matter. Uh, oh wait, 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 hold on, I had a missing part in that. Yeah, Michelle. Oh. Okay, that was good. Taylor, I disagree. <laughs> um, I think that when she was talking about, I think the conversation about little things matter at this point. She was talking. It, it's my understanding that she was talking about the reveal dress, and when you compare the reveal dress that Alyssa was wearing. Versus the reveal dress that Alaska had on, they had a stronger positive reaction to Alaska than they did for Alyssa. I agree that the the concept of what Alyssa did was amazing. The execution of it, if that had been executed properly, that would have been a sickening dress. That would have been absolutely, you know, tens across the board. You you win. But it just seemed. It weighed her down. And I also get that she's also carrying an extra probably 30, 40 pounds of equipment there. But if it had been executed in a way, I think that's what, that's what that was. And at this point, there's only, there's only seven of them left and they have to start looking at, again, it goes back to Top Chef. And if you over or under salted a dish, that might be what sends you home. She didn't do well as well in Alaska in the challenge, the, the movie challenge and the outfit between the two was less. So it made sense to me that they critiqued her the way that they did. So I, I get what Michelle, that is one time that this season, I haven't been Michelle's biggest fan. This is one time that I agreed with Michelle. And I think that the, the idea of, oh, I just love everything you do. It doesn't matter what you do. You know, I just love it. And your, your fans are getting their money's worth. I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. At this point, they have to start really looking at why are you still here? What are you doing to show us that you still want to be here in what you bring on the runway? I completely agree with Taylor. Taylor articulated I didn't have the words to say what I felt, but I think Taylor completely articulated what I was trying to say. Thank you, Taylor. You're welcome. 
let's move on. While the girls waited to go back on the main stage, Alyssa and Roxy pled their cases openly to Alaska. I mean, does anyone who's in the bottom think that it wasn't that close? This is Alyssa's first time being in the bottom, yeah. but I do believe that you got the harshest critiques out of the group. They did like my runway, and they liked a lot of things about what I was doing. And we've only had four challenges. You've been in the bottom twice. Katya and I both have been in the bottom twice. So that's twice. why I don't feel that I should go home because of one challenge. <laughs> that's how I feel. Meanwhile, Detox challenged Fifi on her decision to not take any of the queens aside. Uh, usually we all take everyone aside and like have our little powwows and one-on-ones. What, yeah. what made you come up with a decision to not do that with these girls tonight? Um, I just don't want people talking in my ear and trying to beg me to stay. I want to just listen to Rue and go through my head and, and think. All of a sudden, like, this kind of snarky, bitchy monster is coming out. It's definitely interesting, especially for her saying she wants to avoid that appearance this time around. But it looks like she's just kind of acting how she was portrayed on season four. Hey, with the latte boy, any thoughts on what you just heard? I will be curious if Fifi is in the bottom. If she says, if she, if she kind of pleads her case to whoever it is that is judging her fate. Uh, I, it was pretty clear, I think, that she was gunning for Alyssa at this point and she had her opportunity. So she was like, why bother? Um, but I would, I, th- that seems very hypocritical considering she was one of the first ones to go over and speak with, I think I remember she was crying with Roxy when Roxy was in the top two, the first episode saying, you know, I, I still have so much to show and, and all that kind of thing. So it, it just, it, it left, I, I get that it's the editing. I think we're going to probably talk about that at some point. I, but it did kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth. Daniel J. Brewer. What's the question? What did you think about what we just heard? One being the Alyssa pleading her case about, you know, taking all other challenges into consideration and detox challenging Fifi on that, pulling the Queens aside. Um, I, I don't, I, this goes back to that thing that I, and I, I'm now I'm censoring myself because we've, I've gotten a nasty tweet about this. So it's just in my head, but you know, it comes back to that whole thing is like, well, we usually do this or we usually do that when there's only been four instances of this ever happening. Tatiana didn't take the girls on a one on one that first episode. In fact, if you go back and listen to our group show from that show, we were like, Ugh. and then Roxy like did this forced one on one because, you know, the producers were just telling her that she had to sit down and do a one on one with her because it's like so it's like for us to go from that viewpoint to suddenly it being like, well, how dare she not do a one-on-one because they're all, they, they usually do the one-on-one. And it's like, there's only been three chances, you know, three times that were, that has happened or three or four times that it's happened. I, you know, Fifi had made up her mind. Fifi had gone, you know, had gone balls to the wall and this whole, like, you know, whoever got the harshest critique, that's who she was going to vote. You know, in this case, it worked out in her favor. So that just doubled her down. You know, she just doubled down on that. Right. It's like, I think had the, <laughs> Had the, what would have been more interesting is have the, had one of the other two queens gotten the harsher critique, then I would have been more interested to see what Fifi was saying. In this case, it was kind of like a very easy decision for Fifi because she already was pissed at Alyssa and Alyssa got the worst of the, of the critiques. And I, I don't disagree that she has, to, I'm not saying that she has to do it because that's what they expect the to do. My, my comment was really more that I would be curious if, you know, she feels as though it's necessary. I, I will, let me put it this way. I will have more respect, for lack of a better word, for that decision if next week or whenever she's in the bottom three and they say, mm-hmm. do you want to come over and plead your case? And she says, no, 
you, you, you can make whatever decision you have to make. Yeah. I, I get, you know, take, take it as you need to. That's a little different. But then when yeah. she, when she kind of pled her case one week and then the next week when she has the opportunity to kind of switch things around, she doesn't take it. That's, that's, that's where I have the, the issue with that. In fairness, that I, I was more thinking about the people on Reddit and Twitter that were whining about how, you know, Fifi was being, ar- and even detox, that clip where detox was saying that it was very arrogant for her not to do that. So I, I wasn't going for you. I wasn't coming for you, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Do not come for, do not come for me. I, I was do not, I was do not coming for you. Did you get donuts today before the show? I got donuts earlier today. What, what kind of donuts, day. what kind of donuts did you get, Taylor? Chocolate glazed. Chocolate? Uh, did both of them? Yes, both of them. Uh, I'm yeah, not a big what? fan of the yeasty donut. I'm a more cakey donut fan. I like yeasty both. Yeasty donut was my drag name in college. Oh. <laughs> I like both yeasty and cakey, but I, I never get the same kind. Of, you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm going to get more than one donut, they will definitely be different types of donuts. I'm one of those. Well, it's like I want a, a variety. Okay, the problem is that normally I used to get a chocolate glazed and a jelly. And, and I would eat them in my car. On the way to work, on my three minute drive to work, I would right, eat both of yeah. them. Or I would get a chocolate glaze and a cinnamon. But the problem is it's Florida and it's hot. So yes. what do you do in a car, but have your air conditioning on? And many times I would bite into a cinnamon donut right. and then look like I was a crazy cokehead getting right, out of my exactly. car because like you had been huffing, in- like you had been huffing copper paint on your way to work. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. I've just decided that at this point, the chocolate glazed is the way to go. And now, that's, now were these Krispy Kreme? Cause up here in the Northeast, we don't no. have Krispy Kreme. We have Dunkin' Donuts you, only. You don't have Krispy Kreme in the Northeast? No. America runs on Dunkin'. Yeah. I, I we have go Dunkin, to Do- Dunkin' Donuts and we have, we have one Krispy Kreme in Pinellas County. And honestly, uh, Krispy Kreme makes me nauseous. They're too sweet. They're too sickening sweet to me. Here's the thing that gets me in the, I work in downtown New Haven near the Yale campus. There are four Dunkin' Donuts within a three city block area that all are still in business and are all doing. It's like, how do you stay in business? I never see anyone in these stores. And yet, yet there's four Dunkin' Donuts surviving in downtown New Haven. That's it's just crazy. I'll tell Who you are, why. Why? Potheads like you. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I do not eat donut. You know what? I'm more of a, a of a, never mind. Say, I'm more of a charcuterie kind of a guy. He's like, I, I'm more often, I'm more apt to go for the, the oh, same. You're really a, a what? Pot, like, yeah. I'm more, you, I'm more apt say? to go for a, like a cheese tray, a charcuterie, like, you know, sausage and cheese and crackers. Charcuterie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought you said charcuterie before. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I said. Charcuterie was my drag name. Oh! Charcuterie. Oh! I could see that. Uh, all right. Did you perform under a glass dome? Charcuterie. In the Your look dome. was salty, <laughs> but where did you hide the salami? Uh, charcuterie. While your look may have been cured, <laughs> oh yeah, your performance you was very cheesy. Yeah, there you go, Thank Daniel. You. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel wins. Back on the main stage, Alaska and Fifi went head to head in a lip sync for their legacy. Rue gave the win to Alaska, and then Rue asked Alaska to deliver her decision. Alaska, with great power comes great responsibility. Which queen have you chosen to? Get the chop. As it gets fewer and fewer, it gets more and more difficult. And so I hope that this queen, who I consider to be my sister, will understand the decision that I've made tonight. So the queen I've selected is Alyssa Edwards. 
so sorry. <laughs> Alyssa Edwards, as it is written, so it shall be done. You are an all-star, always and oh. forever. Shady. Now, Shady. Sashay away. I'm so sorry. I love you so much. Well, While was a lovely fifth alternate. <laughs> <laughs> always and forever, Alyssa Edwards. Uh... By the way, uh, Alaska may have done well in the previous acting challenge, but the one on the stage. Oh, terrible. I know. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. Ginger Minge anyway, tears. Back in the workroom after the elimination, Fifi shared her thoughts on the elimination, but was cut off by a surprise plot twist. What? Oh, my God! Oh, my, oh my God! What is going on here? Boom! Face crack of the millennium. All of the eliminated girls are standing behind the mirror. They look mad. They look really mad. What the fuck? Oh shit, there's Alyssa Edwards. I'm surprised the bitch hasn't dove through the fucking mirror yet. Trust the Duchess when she says this. Y'all thought y'all had packed me? It ain't over just yet, babe. Daniel Brewer. Yes. Your thoughts on this plot twist, your thoughts on the episode, your thoughts on everything. Uh, I love the, the reveal, the reveal as it was, uh, behind the, the one way, uh, mirror there. The, or two way mirror, I guess. Um, the, uh, I don't know, I don't know if this is one of my favorite episodes, but I, I mean, the ending was very strong, right? The ending, the whole gagging part at the ending, the whole like leaving you. Uh, suspended. I remember we had an argument on this show as to whether or not someone was going to come back. And of course, this is immediately followed by the previews for next week where they say that the four that are coming back are going to lip sync and one of them will come back. The winner of that lip sync, one of them will come back. Um, so I was glad that they were, they were mixing all that stuff up. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sad to see Alyssa Edwards go, but I think I said last week, it's like at this point in the competition, I'm sad to see any of them go. It's like, I, I don't, there's no one there that I truly like, you know, I'm just wanting to get away. Like, oh, come on. Like, why are you still there? Leave already. I think all of them that are there, uh, to whatever their own personal strengths may be have played up to them and are, and are, you know, they're there. And, and I, I like all of them. I'm, I'm sad to see any of them go at this point. Kayla the Latte Boy. Um, one, one thing that kind of came to mind when Alaska was doing her, uh, elimination, is how long before they set it up so that she actually, where they go down to the final two and it's detox and Roxy and she's the, she's the one responsible <laughs> for breaking up Rolaska talks. That's, I mean, I know they're not necessarily playing that up too much, but I feel like that's only a matter of time before that happens. Um, the, the mirror reveal, probably one of my all time favorite moments in watching this show. Um, just the way that they did it, the execution of it. Uh, the, the moments leading up to it, as far as the, the, where we're going to just show every negative thing that Fifi said, again, she's, she's definitely a victim of the edit at this point. They're, they're really, they've kind of boxed her in a corner, but that actual moment of them all, where they all just look, they're all fierce looking and pissed. Um, I, I saw a picture on Tumblr that said, I'm a huge Alyssa Edwards fan, but this screen capture will give me nightmares tonight ever (laughs) with the big eyes and the really bad with the red lighting and everything. Just. It, it's it's a moment that you are living for this week's episode. 
Yeah, you the, know, go ahead, Daniel. No, I was just say one of the the funny side things is uh, Alyssa Edwards had said on the the flick, the Larry Flick interview, because Larry Flick interviewed her on the last uh, last Friday. Uh, the thing that I found was funny is like she was giving her goodbye speech and they interrupted her with the oh girl like that that whole thing, and she thought that they just were having malfunctions over there so she would stop and then keep going with her speech they interrupted her like three times before she finally looked at the producer and was like you need to fix your stuff or something it's like she didn't she didn't understand that they were trying to interrupt her speech so mm. she just kept talking that sounds about right always and forever oh Lisa edwards that's what it, yes thank you joe Batanz, for like prompting me that is so shady of rupaul to do why just why? because always and forever is Alyssa edwards tagline that would be like, you know, like getting rid of RuPaul and saying like, RuPaul, you need to sashay away. It's like, you're, you're stealing her line. It's just like, you know, at the end of the runway, she's going to say always and forever, Alyssa Edwards. How dare you steal her tagline? That would be like, Mrs. Kasha Davis, there's always time for a cocktail. Now sashay away. I'm just saying. Okay. I just thought it was really, no, I, I thought it was really shady of her to do that. I think that that is definitely, I, I can see where you would take umbrage with that. Uh, that's, you You know know, why though, but you know why that I'm also, I have my, my, my view of RuPaul has plummeted with the whole Fifi thing. Um, the, the, the Twitter Fifi, the thing that has happened after the airing of this last show with Fifi and RuPaul on Twitter, my, my, you know, I didn't have the greatest view of RuPaul to start with, but that my, my, what my waning respect for her has dropped. It's like, you know, you're an Emmy winning a producer of a reality show. Why not try acting like one instead of a fucking 13 year old schoolgirl? And it's just like, you know, who do you t- think wins Emmys? <laughs> but it was, it just, it just really like what she did to Fifi, like, like dissing her and then unfollowing her and, you know, wait, it was the other way around. That's right. She unfollowed her and then dissed her behind her back. It's just like, that's just childish. That really is just childish. That shows such a level of like insecurity that it, it's beyond belief. Um, again, like I said, this ending was completely sick It was what? Sickening. And I live for this ending. Um, the other thing I was going to say, you know, one of the things Fifi has said, and again, this will be covered more, uh, in a separate piece that I do, is that she, the, the when they walk back in the workroom, it's typically the top two walk in first. This time when they walk back in the workroom, they asked Fifi to stay to walk in last, and then they had told them how to stand around the table and ask Fifi to face the mirror. One of the things you also learned was that Roxy was asked a question, so this whole speech she was given was in response to a question. That's one of the things they do to Fifi, is they make it seem like she's just volunteering this. No, she's saying what she's saying. I'll say that. She does give them a lot of material to work with. But a lot of times it's an answer to a question. She's being prompted. She's giving an honest answer, and... Then they make it seem like she's just like, I'm going to, everyone gather around. I got to tell you this. <laughs> and so, um, that's one of the things I, I do think, like I said, I, I'm not necessarily defending Fifi as a person. I think everything that I said about Fifi up to this point is true. I think what happens is she, I think perhaps the reason she got this edit was that the editors recognized she was trying to control the edit until so they were like, bitch, we can do whatever we want. There's no way you're going to manufacture this edit. But also, I think she has a lot of issues. I think this is very Fifi O'Hara. She just, she, it's one of these things I said it before. She thinks she's smarter than everybody else and doesn't realize that everybody is on to what she's doing. 
Yeah. And so there are problems with Fifi. I don't think she's perfect, but I do think she did get a raw deal. Daniel Brewer. No, I just got my, my, my distaste in what RuPaul did in no way, shape, or I'm not in any way trying to advocate, you know, Fifi's whole meltdown on Twitter. It's like, I, I, I'd really wish Fifi would hire a PR person or someone to tell her to stay away from Twitter or just to stay, you know, just shut up, Fifi. There should be t-shirts. Shut up, Fifi. Just stop. Just stop. Shut up, Fifi. There you go. We're going to sell t-shirts and say shut up, Fifi. It's just, uh, you know, just stop. Just stop. Just, just let it happen. Um, Fifi go mum. Yeah, exactly. But what were you, what, I don't even remember. What, I, I wasn't trying to defend Fifi in any way, shape or form. You're, you know, it's, it's difficult to tell in the aftermath, like, you know, is it really story editors really pushing this agenda to doing it? Or is it Fifi just saying these really mean things that they, they had to work with? You know, it, you, a logical uh, conclusion can only be both things are true, right? They're definitely putting shady music underneath Fifi because they're painting her as the villain. But also Fifi definitely said these things. They didn't like digitally, you know, animate her mouth and like uh, put different words in there. I mean, it's like, these are the words that she said. So. Well, you know what's so funny? Again, uh, I know there's some people who hate this, but I don't give a shit. Turn off the podcast. But I'm going to tell you this is this is true for any season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Any season. Okay. Season nine would work like this. Season eight work like this. But they have story producers who they know who the queens are. And then they do a, a storyboard and they say, and they're, at, at, you know, at that stage, it's sort of guesses. But, you know, okay, you know, uh, maybe first it'll be Tempest de Jure that goes home. There are definitely filler queens. Yes. And then they have strong queens. It might it might not be a top three they have in mind, but definitely a top six that they're like, okay, these ones are going to stay at the end, and this one, these ones, this is the batch we're going to get rid of. If you think about it, with all stars, because they know all these queens and their strengths and weaknesses intimately, they can make a stronger story. And so I would argue that Fifi O'Hara's story is happening exactly the way the story producers wanted it to. There were times that Fifi O'Hara probably should have. And could have gone home earlier, but they intentionally kept her around for this moment. The moment we saw where she was facing the mirror and they built her up to be this villain, they had written that was all predetermined. And that the reason she was kept around on this show for longer than probably she should have, and even placed in the top two, even placed in the top two, was for that cha- for that challenge, not for the for that for okay. that challenge. For that moment, everything has been building up to this moment, and that's why she was kept around. And and I think it's been I, – I do agree, as much of an Alaska fan as I am, I do agree that the, it, the show is completely 100% in the bag for Alaska. If you remember, if you remember, the reason All Stars got leaked, that it existed, was – remember when World of Wonder cleared, cleaned house and right before season eight, they fired everybody? And there was that former employee who went on Twitter and was like, oh, I'm so sad I got fired. It would have been a good run. And the worst part is I, I'm going to miss working on All Stars 2. Right. And he also said, I was really excited to work. To I was looking forward to working with Alaska because she's my favorite. So they, they definitely have it in the bag for Alaska and, you, Alaska and you can tell. And they definitely have it out for Fifi and you can tell. I'm not. But that being said, I think Alaska deserves it. And I think Fifi O'Hara might deserve it, but it's definitely been predetermined. See, so, I, so do you, do, I, do you, go ahead, Taylor. Do you think that there, that Fifi's been this way as far as getting them content this whole time, but they've been in the beginning were kind of leaving that on the cutting room floor and just kind of painting her to where eventually it'd be one thing if she started out as the villain from the very beginning, but they're slowly working her up to be the villain. 
Or do you think this is just that we're watching, watching her slowly kind of devolve because that's what actually happened on the show? I don't think she ever devolved. I think Fifi gives okay, them well, a lot of material. Right. Okay. But what I'm saying is she could have been acting this way and making these comments from episode yeah. one. Yeah. And because again, they say a lot of things. They make a lot of, they, they do a lot of taping and they just chose not, they chose to focus on other queens and kind of leave that behind. But then you saw like the second week where she made the one comment about the, you know, your, your, Joan Crawford is really not really good. You know, like we're like, they, they're just kind of throwing out one little thing. And then the next week it's two or three where she makes the comment about Ginger Minja's outfit and she makes the comment about the, something with detox or something. And they're just slowly building it up much like they would with a story. But she, she's been at the same level, but because you're seeing increases oh, in the amount of saying. negative things, it makes it look like she's more and more of the villain. Right. And I, I'll take it even one step further for her to react the way that she's reacting on Twitter in real life, you know, because one of the things that, you know, I learned from the viewing parties is that these, the queens don't see the show until we see the shows, right? They were there that day of taping, but that was a 16 hour day for them. They have no idea, <clears throat> excuse me, what's going to get shown, what's not, or how they're going to get portrayed or, or how they're not. And for Fifi to react after each airing of each episode where she like, you know, this last time she's like, she locked herself in the bathroom and cried, you know, for an hour. Um, for her to react in this shocked manner that she's being portrayed as, I, th- I think it's even worse. I think it's one of those things where her segment producer, the person that asked her the questions at the end of the day on that, in that confessional is reassuring her that, Oh no, you're, you, you know what? You've been so great this time. It's like, you're going to, you're definitely going to redeem yourself. You know, you're doing, in other words, she was definitely given the impression that the things that she had given them to work with, that she was going to be a good person on this because her main reason for going on this show, according to her was to redeem herself. And that was a question that she repeatedly asked her story editor every day was, you know, like, you know, am I coming across? Okay. Do you think I'm going to come across? Okay. And her story editors, Oh, you know, don't worry. Absolutely. We're going to make sure, you know, the things that you've given me, you know, you're definitely in how far you've made it in this competition. You're definitely not going to be the villain. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, she, she felt whether that happened or not is irrelevant, but what I'm reading from Fifi O'Hara is that that was her perception is that she was being told that she was going to look good. Go ahead, Joe. You know, what's so funny is you saying this, it, I, I helped me connect the dots. And I think, I know Taylor will understand what I'm talking about. I don't know if Daniel, if you watched the comeback, but it's essentially Fifi is Valerie Cherish. Oh my and God. Laura Silverman is the producer in, on the show who essentially is a reassuring Valerie that she's coming off. Okay. And then at the end of season one, they fuck her. Yeah. They go to a viewing party and they've made Valerie look stupid. And, you know, and, 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 but again, in the comeback, it's always Valerie, you know, doing the cut and trying to control the edit. Fifi yeah. O'Hara is Valerie Cherish. And that's what happened is she is shocked when she sees these episodes because she thought she so manipulated yeah. them. She thought that she had played them. And again, the character on Valerie, I don't know what the character's name, but the producer on the comeback, there was essentially the same person. You're right. On Drag Race, who assured Fifi O'Hara, like, oh, yeah, no, everything you're giving us is great, which is true. But doesn't, but, but doesn't, rem- she doesn't remember Valerie, neither Valerie nor, um, Fifi O'Hara remembers that that's, their job is not to protect them. Their job right. is to make good make television. They are not their friends. And, and I, I don't like them. Yeah. It's to exploit them. And I don't yeah. want to go too far off in the weeds, but clearly Willem, you know, was naming story producers like going, was it this person? Was it that person? Because I think Willem had the same, you know, feelings is like there are certain story producers at, you know, at World of Wonder that are basically just going to blow smoke up your ass, but are going to 
throw you under the bus as soon as they can. They, you know, hey, you're my best friend. I'll, I'm watching out for you. Don't you can tell me anything because I'm watching out for you. It's like I'm not going to let something horrible make it to the air. I will. I'm telling you right now, Fifi, I will quit my job before I let something horrible hit the air for you. That's like, I, you know, I, I, I understand why you're here. You and I can work together and everything. Now tell me what you think about Alyssa Edwards. But Willem is a good example. I think Fifi's the same way too. I mean, they're, they're different animals. But Willem is an obnoxious asshole. Willem's oh yeah, 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 Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, he's an obnoxious, obnoxious asshole. And I don't want to. So, yeah, like, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not to interrupt. But just like I don't want it to seem like I'm defending them. I like I said, I believe Fifi said everything she said, but I just think in her mind she was just. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Willem's the same I, I, thing. He's an asshole, and he, he thinks. I'm gonna say this too. Willem thinks he is fucking hilarious. I Willem rarely makes me laugh, um, but he is just so amused by himself. So, um, yeah, it, it it again, it takes two to tango, and it seems typically the people who are very angry with the editors definitely gave them a lot of material to work with and thought they were manipulating it and that they were going to come off really well, and they didn't. So, so then they go back and rewrite the story. Taylor, what do you have to say about all this? I I I agree with everything you both are saying. I, I find that, and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because we completely dissect the shows and we know these queens already. But there's part of me that finds I love the show. But then when I get thinking about the show, what I love watching the show on the surface. But when I get thinking about the show and thinking about the, the manipulation and the edit. I mean, I talked a little bit on the solo show about the art of the edit and I, there, there's part of it that it makes me not enjoy the show as much. If that, if that makes sense, when I think about, all right, how much of this am, how much of this am I, not only is Fifi being possibly played or any of them, but how much am I being played right now? And I get that's the whole reality thing and, and they can change the music. Daniel, that was, or uh, Joe, that was genius. The whole thing with the, Showing the different the difference between the the two when they were going to switch things up and all, I, you know, we've had several viewers that listeners that have commented on the fact that really when they when they get down to the top two, somebody can just tell RuPaul which one which lipstick, so that they that she knows to pick that one. So really, while it looks like they're the ones that are the 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 queens are the ones eliminating each other ultimately it's RuPaul that could be the one that's manipulating the the playing the game and uh, the whole thing is i'm all over the place at this point it it, it actually it, it's it's one of these that i don't like the way Fifi's acting but i also kind of understand the way Fifi's acting in that if i was expecting one thing and then i'm watching a television show about my life that was filmed a year ago and suddenly i'm seeing this manipulation yeah i would probably Flip out a little bit too. Does that excuse some of the behavior? No, but I also get it on some level. So what we didn't talk about, and uh, I don't even know if you know, Taylor, but yeah, Fifi has, has declared that she is not going to the reunion. Yes. Yes, I did know that. And you mentioned I, that on the solo show, right, Taylor? Yeah, I did. I did. And then um, I, I also, the day that she did that, uh, there was an, a brief article that she, or she was a brief interview on, I want to say like London's Gay Daily News or something. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that every morning. Yeah. <laughs> Delivered with a tea and crumpet and it's thrown uh-huh. at your front door. So the tea glass, mm-hmm. the tea bug <laughs> cup shatters. And there's always um, news about Elizabeth. It's called Hey Queen. <laughs> <laughs> the London Gay Daily News is a fan. They, they're the ones that broke the story about the, the huge Andrew Christian controversy. Uh, it's a very respected uh, newspaper. It's the paper of record for gay people. There okay. Go. There you go. 
I the don't record, know what... by the way, is "Last Dance" by Donna Summer. <laughs> so, d- um, I mean, in in the, I mean, we've never had a queen that has not shown up at the reunion that I'm aware of, have we? Uh, no, I think they've all even Willem. That was that was a big thing that they got Willem there because that was the whole "What did Willem do yeah. to get thrown off the show?" And I know a lot of. A lot of people online have speculated that well, she has to go because she's there's some penalty built into her contract. And she's like, this is All-Stars. They all have representation. I don't think any manager would let her sign a contract that didn't have an out on it. So I'm sure she has an out. I'm sure she's checked and she doesn't have to be there. So. My my feeling is if she doesn't come, there's going to be some sort of mocking of her. There, which, but there already I, is mocking. Right? right. But I mean, there's going to be mocking on the live show, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think what happens is... Look, I think it's one of these things. And could they technically sue her? I don't know what the contract is, but probably those contracts are pretty well written. But what it is is kind of like with a door. Like I'm sure with a everyone brought that up. Like, well, what about a door? I bet you a door had to pay the money, but she's so rich that she could just pay it off. <laughs> I'm sure with a door, world world of wonder, they have a good relationship with her, and they just released her from the contract, right? And this is my guess. And I'm thinking, and there's been talk because, you know, Alaska's ex-boyfriend spilled a lot of tea about the season. They're like, oh, Alaska, you know, she violated her NDA and she's got to pay. And a lot, there's a lot of chatter about what she's going to, how they're going to punish her. The, the thing is, it, Logo or World of Wonder, sorry, World of Wonder has to decide whether to sue Alaska and they probably won't. You know, they'll just be like, ugh, you know, it's annoyed. Because also they forget that a very few, they know as well, it didn't get out everywhere and only a few number of people, a very small, obsessed, Fandom people know about it, but um, I'm trying to avoid saying that being said with Fifi, it's up in the air. They could sue her, but I wonder if World of Wonders just like you, your name is now fucking mud in this business and you'll never work again in, in the drag community. And that's sort of your punishment or if they really were would sue her. Maybe that's the, the, the risk Fifi is trying to um, to she's taking a chance. They, they could they could probably very well. sue her. She's probably taking a chance that they may not want to because. What would happen in a lawsuit is a lot of stuff would be exposed yeah. that maybe World of Wonder doesn't want out there. So they have yeah. to weigh, is it worth it for us to sue her for not showing up to the reunion? Is it worth it for us to pay the lawyers? And Because then a lot of things will come out in Discovery precisely exactly how the show works because they not- could get in big trouble. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what could be dangerous with this show is because of the quiz show laws. Whenever there's money at stake, there are very, 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 very strict rules when you have a monetary prize and a contest. I am pretty sure having a story editor and I'm sure there's, I'm sure that a lot of these rules are being broken. Uh, maybe they're little tiny rules, but that probably World of Wonder may not want out there and that Fifi would definitely probably expose in any sort of discovery motion in a lawsuit. Daniel. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, they have representation, right? The, the day after Fifi made that comment, right, she released her, her new album and her new single. It's just like, I mean, she has a company that represents her and stuff. I'm sure, like, if I was her representative, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form legally inclined, but I know for a fact that it's like, if they're going to let a door slide, then it's really hard for them to sue someone else without also suing a door because that's a valid uh, defense in court, right? It's just like, well, this other person like had the same contract I did and they walked away. They didn't sue her. So they're, they're unfairly targeting me for something that they're not willing. It's like copyright law, right? If you don't defend it in every case, then you lose your right to keep it. Uh, so I, yeah, I, but, yeah I think it's, but, I think it's a gamble. It's one of those things is like, go ahead. I mean, they could sue you, but they're not going to they're, because of this and many other reasons they're just not going to. Are you talking about agents and managers? I'm talking about that would be an agent 
That would be yeah, but an agent or manager is always going to an agent or manager is not going to want to take on a, a production company or a network. An agent or manager is always going to tell Fifi to go to the reunion. Her agents and man, and by the way, I think she is with producer entertainment. They are going to because of their relationship with World of Wonder. They are. They, I mean, they're almost really advocates for World of Wonder. They're going to really. They're trying to get Fifi's not listening to her agents and managers. They are not saying you go, girl. Trust me. There's no agent, manager, or lawyer who is promoting this. I mean, we'll see. I mean, she made that comment, and then two hours later, she reiterated that comment. It's like, just to, you know, it is set instead. Clearly, someone tried to call her and talk her out of it, or someone, like, said, I don't believe you, or whatever. It's like, so, I don't know. We'll, we, we, these are all speculation things, right? I like, think nothing's going to happen of it. I mean, that, it would uh, do be you th- all right, here's, here's my question, just to end it. Do you think she'll show up at the reunion, yes or no? No, she's not showing up at the reunion. Taylor? No. Okay. Well, there you go. What do you think, Daniel? No, I don't think, I don't think, I think she's serious. I don't think she's showing up. I believe her. Now, Daniel's back to you. Let's go. Let's do the emails. Uh, okay. Let's do that. We have three emails this week. Uh, out of the voluminous emails that we have received, we have each chosen our own favorite listener to read our email from. So go ahead, Taylor. Who's your favorite listener? It's not my favorite listener. I just enjoyed yeah, this email. Taylor, who's your favorite listener? <laughs> who, Taylor? Favorite yeah, listener? Taylor, who Pick did you one. choose as your Pick favorite one. listener? So, so my, everyone get ready. This is Taylor Latte Boy. It's official. <laughs> his favorite listener of RuPaul's Drag Race recap. So I received an e- or we received an email from Patrick Jensen. And it's actually following up with this this conversation. It's Was titled, he the black butler from the 80s? That's Benson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he now I got the Benson theme in my head. He God wasn't a butler. He was the head of the governor's staff. But but he was originally a butler on soap. Yes, but on Benson, he was the the governor. When he went uh, to the governor, he, he was he wasn't the governor's butler for a while. No, no. He was but the, the show ended when he was the governor, right? No, the show ended where he was running for governor, and the final scene of that show was because he was running against the governor for election, and the final scene was the two of them sitting together watching the election results, and they were getting ready to announce who was the winner. Fade to black credits. They never revealed who actually became the governor of the state. Right, Benson and then Odo, or- turned, Odo turned into a lampshade, and he went, look, I've been a changeling the whole time. What? So the Patrick Jensen right writes, Fifi self-destruction. There is a lot to be gained. There is a lot to be gained by these queens for appearing on the show. Money, building fan base slash brand, which leads to more money. What they want to avoid is alienating fans and not absorbing wrath from the social media trolls and fans of opposing queens. Alaska has voted two queens off the show, including a very popular, although inexplicable to me, Alyssa Edwards. One would think Fifi would be content since she placed in the top two, while Alaska is left to take the blame for Alyssa's, Alyssa's exit. Sorry. But no, no, not our Fifi. She swoops in at the end of the show to be a lightning rod of negativity by talking smack about the just-eliminated Alyssa and the judges while her competitors, both in the room and behind the mirror, are watching. Tatiana, Ginger, and Alyssa all had issues with Fifi before being voted off, so is it possible they might go after her now? In terms of image rehab, Roxy seems genuinely capable of self-reflection and has taken steps to change herself and how she is portrayed. Fifi seems to be hardwired for drama and conflict. While she is very intelligent, she does not seem to have the tools for self-reflection and to change the way she thinks and acts. P.S. Tale of the Latte Boy. Hey, that's me. Do you have anything to add regarding Fifi from a psychological perspective? Thank you all. Great show. Patrick, a devoted, older, Joe would not dig me, and hopefully Uh. wiser listener. (laughs) Hopefully wiser listener to your show. 
Um, do either of you have thoughts about this? I know we just kind of talked it out for a while, but yeah, what do you, what I, do you I, all think about this? Well, Daniel should weigh in because he does have a degree in psychology. <laughs> no, I, was, I, I think I've said everything that, uh, you know, shut up, VC. Shut up. <laughs> Feces. Did you just call her feces? I did. Feces. I did. Oh no! Shut up. Hush, oh. Fifi. Hush. Just stop. Just stop talking. Step away from Twitter. No. Well, I, yeah. But I think that there are people, and I am not diagnosing her. I'm not going to do a Doctor Drew and try to okay, diagnose somebody get, I've never met. Turn turn the radio up. Uh, Taylor's going to give his official diagnosis of Fifi O'Hara. Let's no, all listen. You know, you're you're <laughs> shut up. There may be some personality disorders going on right there that that may be something where she could possibly have some, you know, histrionics. Wait, I'm sorry. Taylor, Taylor, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, an official psychological evaluation from Dr. Taylor, the latte boy. Is this a love line theme? It's the Dr. Phil theme. Oh, Dr. Phil. Ew. (laughs) No. Um, Taylor's more Dr. David Viscott. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Is there a love line theme? Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm so okay. sorry, Taylor. Anyway, all right. So I think that if there if there is a personality disorder going on, then she isn't necessarily in control of how she does that kind of stuff. And, and it may be where she just has those knee-jerk reactions. I think that you also have somebody that – and this is going to sound – stereotypical and i don't mean for it to but i was thinking about this earlier when you compare fifi to roxy and i get that there's only a couple of years difference but fifi is still in her 20s whereas roxy is in her 30s once you get to your 30s you're able to kind of self-reflect a little bit more than maybe you could in your 20s and given some of the stuff that roxy has gone through we've seen that as far as when roxy talks where she there seems to be some genuine self-reflection and some trying really hard to kind of refigure her place not only on the show but how she is perceived how she's perceived sorry whereas roxy or fifi doesn't seem willing or able to do that at least again as the way the edit is going at this point thank you you're welcome did that make sense or am i was i just rambling at that point it made total sense. Okay. Thank you. I'm buying it. I'll buy that for a dollar. I'm sorry. I don't know. Will you? From the other room and he just ran in the other room for a second. <laughs> no one needs to know that. No one needs know. to know that, Taylor. All right. I'm sorry. I mean, thank you. Thank you both. <laughs> uh, Joe Batanz, what's your email from? My email, the subject line is, get over it. I am a longtime listener and absolutely love the podcast. I enjoy the discussion between... You three, almost as much as the show. You guys have an amazing dynamic, and I subscribe to each of your podcasts. But the Herstory episodes, oh my fucking god, enough with the damn agreement. I skipped most of the first show because that's all that was talked about. Now that's all we're going to go back, that's now, uh, take two. Now that's all we're going back to over and over again, this main one. It's on competition, agreement or not. It's every queen for herself. This isn't RuPaul's best friends race. I was expecting a lot more strategy. The queen who eliminates a popular online queen will suffer online retaliation. A queen that doesn't vote off her biggest competition when she has a chance could likely be voted off by that same queen she saved. Wouldn't that be a high-heeled kick in the panties? Tyler is right. We are about ready to move on to other things. Faithful listener, but waiting for wigs to fly. Tina from Montreal. Well, I think that you're about to get your flying wigs because, because that's definitely where next week. I think it's, it's going to start getting ugly up in there. That's good. That's right, Tyler. 
They called you Tyler. Yeah, I was completely confused by this email because I didn't know if she was talking about the show, talking about oh, the agreement. I thought but- she was talking about t- she was talking about me. Oh, oh, well, she, thank she, you. She, she's talking about our show. She, I think. She- but, but then why? Then why bring up whether the Queen should vote somebody because we have no control over that or, or or not? I think she was tired of us talking about it. Is what yeah, I'm saying. I think. I think what she's trying to do is like days later. I think what she's trying to do is like Queens seriously. Like, let's talk about this, not that. Yeah, but I mean, that was last. Show. That last show has already been recorded. We didn't talk about the agreement. Daniel, it happens live when she's listening. <laughs> guys, we're live in her just, ears I, I'm, right I'm just, now. Anyway, I'm sorry, Everyone Tina. Listening. Tina, I'm completely confused by your email because I, I think when I read it, I thought you were talking about the show. Like they, they spent like the entire first act of this past episode of RuPaul's Drag Race was them talking about the VAM agreement or non-agreement or you know. Oh wait. No, because she said I skipped most of the first show. But maybe he's right. Maybe he's thinking that maybe she me. Oh, this is Kate. Well, she's skipping most of the first show, which would be the first response because, because it was all me. That- Cause, probably because it was my solo show and Tina hates me. This is a, this is a known oh. fact. Oh. This is a known oh, fact. Okay. That wow. Hates me. Okay. That's exactly right. So. No, wait, hold on. I don't think that's completely clear here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was why I, I was confused by this email. I didn't know oh, if she's no, talking no, wait, about us or talking about them. She says the Herstory episodes. So she's talking episodes. about us. But, yeah, but, she's talking about us. But wait, the RuPaul show is called Herstory of the World also. We name our yeah, shows but, the exact same title. Only, but there's only one, one episodes. Episode. All right. It's, it's, she's talking about us. We can. All right, we can then it makes no sense because we talked about it. It's already been done. We're already done. We're already done talking about it. So you got your right, wish. But she was commenting on what we talked about. Let's be honest. I really just read it so that someone would say something negative about Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought she was talking about Tyler H. when she said Tyler is right. So that's Oh, but, wait. Maybe but what she it is. But what did Tyler say? I don't Tyler, know. Tyler said on Twitter that he was done hearing about the agreement. He wanted to move on. That was in a private message that we never read. I, I, I said read, that I forgot too. to tell you. I forgot to tell you. I, Tina has, I gave her the password to our Twitter account. <laughs> I give certain listeners that password to our Twitter account. Oh God, don't say that. Oh my God. I'm just saying, it was like the whole point where Tyler said that Joe Batanz is always right and Daniel Brewer is always wrong. That was a private message that, uh, and, and that uh, what I said was repetitive and boring. That was all in a private message. Well, well we that's never actually that. fact too. It's not just a private but message. But also clearly, Daniel, you forget that Tyler, so. who I think, I, let's talk about this. Tyler said, he doesn't like it when we mention his name and the police stop. Did he really? Yeah. He, Tyler mentioned that? Tyler, Tyler H just mentioned yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe that queen for a second. Who don't you believe? Tyler H. Oh. Tina. Okay. I don't believe Tina. Anyway, uh, I don't know. We're, we're all over the road. We're not talking about the agreement anymore. We've all agreed None of us. to not talk about the agreement. The, <laughs> the, the whole this. agreement thing, this. the whole agreement thing was settled the, the day after our show aired when Alyssa Edwards put on her Alyssa Astor's party and she basically said, and on the interview with Larry Fleck, where she said, there was no agreement. I didn't sign nothing. And no, it was like, she basically reiterated what I said. So. Okay. But I, but we're not- I don't, I, I don't agree with that, but I, I do, I still want to say, but I'm done, Tom. I'm so done talking about the agreement. Wait, are you still there? Oh, I'm so done talking about the agreement that I'm not going to even address that. But I will say this. I will say this. It's not about the agreement. There was a huge part of me that was, you know, we're going to do the talk back. I mean, the talk up contest. I was just going to unannounced change the song. And then when Daniel said, Wait, wait, I thought we were doing this song from the episode. I'll be like, I never agreed to that. We only did one episode like that. So I, was gonna, I, I had that all queued up. I was like, you know what? That's really, really mean of me. And I should choose my battle. Plus, it wouldn't have worked because I, I never would have said that. Anyway, I'm so totally confused by the whole damn thing. Anyway, uh, my email What can comes- I explain for you? <laughs> oh, my God. Moving on. Please, moving on. Please. Please. 
My email comes in from Jordan Darling, who uh, writes... Jordan Darling! <laughs> who writes, hi guys, hope you three are doing well. Write uh, an email. My question is, possible spoiler alert, do you think that after the next queen comes back, either Coco, Tati, Ginger, or Alyssa, Rue will end the lip sync for your legacy? I just don't see how the lip sync for your legacy can continue throughout the entire season. Maybe I'm too much of a conspiracy theorist, but I just don't think the lip sync for your legacy will last all the way until the end. Taylor, you did really well on your solo show. Thank you. Jordan Darling. Uh, I don't know. I mean, at some point, right, when we, when we get down to five contestants, there really can only be, what, two bottom and one top? You know what I'm saying? It's like you're going to run out of people eventually. It's like... Y- there's you can get no, down you, you to, could do it all the way to the bottom to the top three yeah you get two bottom and two tops but you, which that, sounds like a party. fun night wait you can't you can't <laughs> but that won't that won't go wait that won't go to the final three that would only go to the final four right there's there's five contestants right now we may bring yeah. one back in mm-hmm. but yeah at some point there's six contestants now oh there's five there's five. Oh, okay i don't know and then okay. uh, but the, my point is is that you know but now they went back to having three bottoms this time. You know, so it's just like, you know, at some point well, in time, they that, have to. And that may be where they, they mix it up as far as how many bottoms are on the bottom. You know, but I mean, technically, if they get down to the final four, they could have the top two and the top, the bottom two. And then whoever wins get, votes which one of the bottom two is the is the final three. True. So, but, I mean, technically, they could do it all the way through. I think at this point, for her to change the rules up any more than she, this whole season is feels so convoluted. I don't know. It's it's exhausting. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more it's just very exhausting. But I love it. I watch it every week. I look forward to it. But it's still exhausting. Uh, if you send us an email, thank you very much for sending an email. Uh, most of them will get covered on the uh, solo show. Whoever's doing that this Friday. Um. Which I don't. It, it, Can you please hit the shade button, please? No, I had requested a switch with you, but you said you hadn't decided I have, yet. I have, I have, a, I have a compromise to that. No, I'm just you. You said you hadn't decided yet, so I, I just didn't want to say which one of us because we were still negotiating over whether we. I wasn't trying to be shady. Why do you? Why do you always fucking assume the worst? Jesus Christ! Have you that's met him? My, that's my new podcast, Assume the Worst, with Joe Batanz, coming out every Thursday, available on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Taylor, what's our fantasy league update? Oh, I have that. I have that up. Hold oh, on. wow. He actually did it this week. I, bitch, I did it last week, too. And I even have your tallies so that I don't have to do math on the show. But by the way, Excel will do it for you. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Oh, what a fancy Tervis tumbler you have there, Taylor. We talked about this in the beginning. of. Oh, my God. Okay. So right now, do you want just the final tallies or do you want the individual breakdowns? Uh, well, there's two of us here. We each have a team. So right, you, but I mean, you, as far as which each what each queen has earned at this point. I say you do the individual breakdowns for those people playing at home, and then you tell how Daniel and I are doing. Okay. Adora Delano, one. <laughs> Alaska, 14. Alyssa Edwards, six. Coco Montrese, negative one. <laughs> Detox, three. Ginger Minge, negative one. Katya, four. Fifi O'Hara, four. Roxy Andrews, six. Tatiana, one. So when you compile all those together, Daniel currently has 14 and Joe has 23. Woohoo! You, it, it seemed that there was one week where I pulled ahead and it stayed consistent. Like it seemed oh, like I've always been like seven points ahead. Yeah, but, but the point is, is that I have lost a team member, right? It's like there's no chance. Like you still have a chance 
that Coco could come back and, and get more points. Right. Cause she's in the, she could win the oh, lip sync yeah. and come back in, but there's like, there's no chance that Adora will ever do that. Adora left early and with no points and like, Oh, you know, I see what you're saying. And yeah, there's so no, see, yeah. So wait, are the other three, but of the other three that G- Ginger, Tatiana mm-hmm. and Alyssa, who was the other one that went, went home? Coco. Uh, Ginger. Ginger. So, okay. So yeah, I mean, Adora isn't, but you could still get the positive, the positive five, the plus five. <laughs> But not for not for uh, a door. I have a right. door, and she's gone. And uh, okay, yeah. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, clearly it's. Uh, but I mean, the same thing with pick Pete, right? A door's in my pick Pete top three, and I can only pick three there, and I can't change her, right? A door's there, and she's yeah, she's gone. Uh, let's see, pick Pete. What are our pick Pete numbers? Do we know? Do we I care? I don't know. I can't log into mine. I don't. They don't pay for us anymore. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. Pick Do Pete. I know. I was down to like. Four in fourteenth place this week when I got when I did get the email I was down to I went from like third to fourteenth I maybe to eighteenth actually I think I might have been in the eighteenth uh, slot. This is so weird. What it, happened? It's, I cannot find my drag race contest on their their website is so badly written. It's just like it's such a horrible pickpeat.com, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, it is. This is just like you guys should hire me to make a better UI for you guys because this thing sucks. Uh, let's see my. My points on pick feet, 37, which I am, uh, I don't even know where I'm at. Who knows? I'm, I'm nowhere near the top. I'm, near I the can't bottom. find mine right now. I, I don't, I don't know. It won't let me log in. I don't know what my login is. Wait, no, this says my total points is 119. Yeah. Another thing. Another great, great thing there. Yeah. Great site, guys. Great site. All right. Yeah. Uh, do we, who, I, I actually don't know who won the listener. Conference. Oh, I did. It was Seder. Seder was the one. It was oh, right on Taylor. So oh, Sarah posted something almost immediately following you posting the episode. She put it on Twitter. Sarah, you, but the rules specifically stated that they had to send in an email. Wasn't it? Does, I thought we changed the rules. So there was contact. I don't remember. No agreement. <laughs> Queen. <laughs> uh, let me get over to the thing. Go to Facebook and tell me what time Sarah's came in. Okay. I'm also going to say while you, while you guys do that, if there is some sort of question, and maybe we should clarify the rules, I would still give it to Sarah because Scott has won before. Yeah. 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 Honestly, it's not, it's not like there's money up for grabs. Sarah. I'm fine with whoever. No, but I want, I want Sarah to have bragging rights. I want the, I want, but I also want the right person to win. Oh, Taylor, you deleted all of the emails instead of moving them into the red column. Uh, I should have, I mean, the red folder. I should have told okay, you. But he, but he, he wrote, it was like three something. Here it is. Uh, he wrote at three fifty three AM. Okay. Okay. So, and I am currently looking, <laughs> but I don't know what server time our email server is on. So I don't know. What okay. Sarah is. sent it on September 13th at 1151 PM. Yeah. And she wrote, first, taking a break from reading journal articles for my neuroscience class. Because even if it was East Coast time, that would be 2.51 a.m. your time. So okay. that would still be before uh, Scott the Seder. All right. Yes. Well, there you go. So Taylor won. Finally. Okay. Thank you, Sarah. Who are you guys picking this week? Taylor, oh, you get to go first. Shit, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say, let's see. I'm going to pick Jordan Darling. Jordan Darling. Just so the Joe could sing the Jordan Darling song. Okay, I'm, I don't know his name. Maybe Daniel can tell me. What? Who's the 17-year-old Jordan? Jordan Levine. Jordan Levine. That's what I'm going with. Jordan Levine. So it's the Battle of the Jordans. I'm, Battle of the Jordans. I'm going to pick Musing Mark, the host of the Musing Mark podcast, which you can find on iTunes. Okay. that's a, 
Yeah, the Musing Mark podcast that you can find on iTunes because I got in trouble in one of the emails because I specifically did not mention he was on a podcast. Well, it's not uh, whatever. Uh oh. Uh oh. No, he said that. He said that, but I don't know why he said that. I don't know why you would be singled out for that. Do we have a winner for the top? Did anyone write in about the last week's talk up contest? No. (laughs) Unless it was unless it's on Twitter. I mean, I don't follow Twitter, uh, but. Gus Chad said that uh, my joke was funnier, but Daniel was more on the nose. Okay, here's what's going to happen now. I'm changing something up a little bit. Well, Taylor won it, the talk up the first week, so I'll yeah. claim winners for the second. I, I, and I claim you the winner too as the judge. You won last week, so I'm giving you that. So here, here's and now so we're now we're tied. Here's what else that I'm saying. So from now on, as soon as this, as soon as we finish the show, Daniel, even before it posts, I am going to put a Twitter poll. Uh, you can make polls on Twitter. Of who won this week's Twitter con. So now the votes have to be on Twitter. Go to our Twitter feed, find that post, and vote well, whether Daniel it. wins. Just pin or it to Taylor the wins. pin it to the top of our feed. So I would just go to drag. I, yeah, twitter.com slash. too hard for me. I can do that. All right. So <laughs> make the poll on Twitter. You want to go to twitter.com slash drag race recap and then vote. So that's all. That's yeah. all you have to do. Perfect. Now we have it settled. Okay. Daniel Brewer, Taylor the Latte Boy, are you guys ready for this week's talk up contest? Yes. Prior to tonight's recording, you were asked to prepare a radio talk-up for the song used for last week's lip-sync for your legacy. Daniel, Taylor, the time has come for you to talk up for your legacy. Good luck. And don't fuck it up. You forgot to tell us who's going first. That was, but when you, I, yeah, I wasn't sure which one of us Daniel, was talking. Daniel, you can go. Well, Daniel, you get to choose. Oh, Taylor goes first. All right, here we go. You ready, Taylor? Are you ready? Yeah, I guess. Hey, everybody. It is Taylor the Latte Boy, and you are listening to WRDRR in Tampa Bay, Florida. It's currently 11.02 p.m., it is 107 degrees, and we're talking about Drag Race tonight. We're going to talk about Drag Race. We'll be talking to Tatiana a little bit later on in the show, and then we'll follow up with Fifi O'Hara, where she'll send nasty, nasty tweets about all the horrible things that we said about her, whether we meant them or not. But in the meantime, here is Cheryl Lynn with Got To Be Real, a great song from the 70s. This is WRDRR, Tampa Bay, Florida. See you later. Oh, wow. Very well done. Very well done. That's going to be a tough one to beat Daniel Brewer. That is going to be a very tough one to beat. That's a long talk up. All right. Here we go. (sighs) I mean, I have to minimize your your video so I don't see you guys. Okay. I can can still hear you snorting. God damn it. (laughs) I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Sorry. WRDR. What a great amazing day today. I don't know if you went outside and felt the first cool breezes of fall coming across your face there, but it is a welcome relief from that amazingly horrible, horrible summer. What the fuck was that all about? (sighs) You know what? Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is coming on tomorrow night. Thursday night, that is. 9 p.m. If you want to check out the watch party down at the uh, York Street, make sure you come down and view it with me, Daniel Brewer, from WRDR. (laughs) 
That's a really close one. I, I, I can't tell you who's going to win that one. I think Taylor's That's a right. really, really tough one. This is the first week because the first week it was clearly Taylor, right? Mm-hmm. And then last week it was clearly Daniel. Yeah, this, this one was week, tight. I, yeah. It could go either way this week. It's tight. We have a real contest here, folks. So remember, go to Twitter.com. We're going we're gonna to do something called Pinning It to the Top, <laughs> which is also the name of my uh, wrestling porn that I came out with. <laughs> and... And uh, vote for who you thought did the better talk. Was it Taylor the Latte Boy who just kissed the post? Or was it Daniel Brewer who did the same thing? Go Once again, go to Twitter.com slash R- – no. what is it, Daniel? Drag Race Recap. Slash Drag Race Recap. <laughs> <laughs> and vote for who you thought did the best. Any last word before we close this puppy out? Taylor the Latte Boy. It's hot in my office right now. <laughs> because I don't have the fan going. That's all I have to say. I am looking forward to – I'm looking forward to next week's show – I, 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 this, this time I genuinely don't know what to expect and I am looking forward to seeing what they do with the returning Queens. Daniel J. Brewer. You're not my real friend and you never will be. There is a horrible show on Logo called Finding Prince Charming. It's the gay version of The Bachelor. It's awful. Do not watch this show. Instead, listen to the Finding Prince Charming Recap Show as Daniel Brewer, Adam Burns, and I rip apart each week's episode. You can find it on iTunes and at charmingrecap.com. Want to know what Taylor the Latte Boy is up to at all times? He has his own podcast called Pod Is My Copilot, available on iTunes and at podismycopilot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at PIMC Taylor and also on Instagram at PIMC Taylor. You can find Daniel Brewer on his other podcast, Dubious Intent, available on iTunes and at dubiousintent.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Daniel Brewer and Instagram at Daniel J. Brewer. I have another podcast called Catching Up. It's available on iTunes and at cupodcast.com. You can also catch me recapping RuPaul's Drag Race on One-on-One with Larry Flick on Sirius XM Radio every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105. Need to see what I'm eating? Follow me on Twitter at Joe Batance. That's J-O-E-B as in boy, E-T-A-N-C-E. And on Instagram at Joe Batance. Well, that concludes another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Email us at guys at dragracerecap.com. Follow us on Twitter at Drag Race Recap. Friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drag race recap. And go to dragracerecap.com for all of our old episodes. So, for Taylor Latte Boy, Daniel Brewer, and myself, sashay away until next week. This show is a proud member of the Pride 48 Podcasting Network. Check out other great podcasts at pride48.com slash shows. Hold up. 